Hello, West family. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Lexi Hernandez. I am the pastor of our 20s and 30s ministry called Growth Co. And today I'm so excited to get to share with you about gratitude, but with a twist. We are still in our commitment series for this fall. And today we're going to talk about committing to gratitude. If it's your first time here with us today, then we would love to send you a gift. If you could text the word welcome to 704 704- 343-8955. We will get in contact with you and we'll send you a gift. So there's a link in the description of this video to um, something that I wrote down from a best friend that I'll share a little bit more with you about after this song. So while you listen to this song, please click on the link. I'm going to read this aloud, but would love for you to have a copy for yourself as well. So enjoy this song. So today I wanted to open the message with something very, very special. My best friend Mackenzie has the most amazing book I've ever seen in my life. It's like this thick and it has concepts, ideas, traditions of things all over the world. Now this was divine timing, I'm pretty sure, because she didn't know that I was preaching about gratitude this morning and she sent me screenshots of about 10 pages from the book talking about something called Sadaji from Brazil and Portugal. So it is a Portuguese word, but um, it fits perfectly in what we're going to be talking about today. So I wanted to open it up with this so that we can look outside of the culture that we're used to and see how gratitude ties in for them specifically. Sadaji is a noun and a feeling of longing, melancholy, or nostalgia for a happiness that once was, or even a happiness that you merely hoped for. First recorded in the 13th century poetry collection, Cancenero de Ajuda, Sadaji was popularized in the 15th century when Portuguese ships sailed to Africa and Asia, and those left behind felt the loss of loved ones who had departed. According to philosopher Kigard, there is bliss in melancholy and sadness. Scientists over the years have concurred with Kigard, and researchers from the University of New South Wales found that sadness can help improve attention to details, increase perseverance, and promote generosity. Most of all, we have experienced a bitter, most of us have experienced a bittersweet pleasure in moments of melancholy reminiscing, flickering through old photographs, or caring about anything or anyone enough to miss it when they're gone. The only way to avoid sadness and regret completely is to avoid living life. We only appreciate the light when we've experienced shade. This is why Sadaji matters. 
There's an ambiguity to this concept, or rather a complexity, and an understanding that some losses are unavoidable and that that's okay. Psychologists agree that there is merit to this way of thinking, acknowledging that sadness is part of our reality and that it's okay to not be okay. In fact, it is actually pretty healthy. It helps us come to terms with the fact that some degree of suffering in this life is normal and that we'll get through it. This doesn't mean that we care any less. We can mourn and experience full-blown sadaji, then get on with our day. Sadaji has been described as a presence of absence, but not in a pity party sense. More like the realization of how important the people in your life are and the realization that your special moments are, ta are taken for granted. It makes you grateful for what you have and aware it might be gone in a heartbeat. This is an approach to happiness that's been around for millennia and with the Stoic philosopher Seneca recommending that we actually imagine losing everything on a regular basis to help us value what we have. In Portugal and Brazil, Sadaji makes things feel more deeply, both the sadness and the joy. And it reminds us to celebrate what we have. We're always ready to dance and we're always ready to love. I like the idea of celebrating happiness past as well as present. Sadaje feels like a love letter to loss, a necessary slacking to stay afloat, and a way to acknowledge the people we care for as well as our hopes and dreams, whether they've turned out the way we envisioned them or not. For example, I miss my grandpa and I miss my old friend who I can never be close to again, and I deeply ache for both of them. But I'm grateful that they were in my life for the time that they were. But now, I'd quite like to go have a cry for them, and then maybe I'll go dancing. This is Sadaji. I thought that was really special. Those were screenshots straight from the book that she texted me, and I thought that it was an incredible new twist on gratitude. Honestly, today, um, I can't speak for you guys, but I can say personally that if someone tells me that I need to be grateful or if I'm having a bad day and they shout out things like, well, at least, or other people have it worse than you, then I'm just so, I zone out. I can't stand to hear it. I don't want to hear that when I'm not feeling good. So I wanted to make sure today that when we're talking about gratitude, we're looking at it from a different lens so that maybe it can be more applicable to our lives on the days that we're not feeling like we want to be grateful. It's easier and easier to dismiss gratitude because really, truly, the last thing you want to hear when you're upset is other people have it worse than you. So today, we're going to talk about how gratitude is a choice, an attitude, and a practice. Let's start off with a practical approach to gratitude in three simple steps, and then we're going to talk about how this ties in biblically. Now, before we get into the steps, gratitude takes real commitment, and that's why it's part of our commitment series. This isn't something that you can just pop in and out of and hope that it works on the days that you're feeling down. And I do recognize that it's easy to be grateful when things are going really, really well. But if we start taking these approaches that we're going to talk about today, hopefully in our down days and our good days and every single day, we can learn how to be grateful. So step one is going to be acknowledging and accepting the negative. 
I bet you did not think that you were going to hear that in church this morning, but it is actually true. The reality is the situation is real to you, and however you're feeling about it needs to be acknowledged. Not saying that everything needs to be negative or your negative feelings are exactly correct in how the situation's actually going, but you do need to acknowledge if you have the negative emotions about a situation so that they can be fixed. You cannot fix something that is not acknowledged. And something that I learned in therapy, my many, many years of therapy, was that if I pretended that everything was okay when that wasn't how I was feeling on the inside, then that just built up resentment and more negative emotions. So our first step to living a grateful life and a life with a grateful attitude is to acknowledge the negative emotions. Most of the time, the answer isn't to dismiss your your negative emotions and jump straight into the gratitudes. Oh, it'll be okay. Oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. If you're actually upset, that's something that needs to be acknowledged so that you don't create that resentment moving forward. Step number two. This one is one that's pretty difficult for me, but I do think that it would make a huge difference. Try to exchange the word but for and. Because what happens is when you use the word but, that's giving more power to the negative. Let's say um, yes, but puts the focus on the bad things that follow the but situation. Your positivity at the beginning gets a little bit of recognition, and then all the focus goes on the but on the second half of the sentence. Is this effective for us moving forward and trying to be grateful? Probably not, which is why step three is the most important. Step three, go on the hunt for solutions and answers. This one also has a fine line, um, kind of, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it has a fine line to where it can turn into a problem if you look at it a certain way. So for step three, we want to find solutions and answers. However, we don't want to always feel like there has to be a solution or an answer. That can be the tricky part of something like this. If you're having a really bad day and you magically think like, oh, if I do this, my day will get better, then that's not the solutions and answers that we're looking for. When we're talking about gratitude, the solutions and answers we're looking for are things more like this. My favorite example would be, if you were thinking about the negative, you would say, it's so cold, what are we gonna do? Right, that's, that's looking for solutions in the negative aspect. But to look positively and with gratitude, you can say, it's so cold. And that means we can snuggle up cozy by the fire with our blankets. Those are the kinds of solutions and answers that we can look for when we are trying to practice gratitude. Other examples can be, it's been a long, difficult week at work. And that gives me an excuse to go get a massage. (laughs) Josh, I look at Josh right here because he's the massage king and he's gotten me into that habit. So yeah, if I'm having a tough week, Guess where we're going? Hand and stone massage in Mooresville. <laughs> Why was I so careless to burn dinner? How negative does that sound? How about switching it to, oh, I burned dinner, and now we get to go to our favorite restaurant. We get to get takeout. We get to do blah, blah, blah. We get to is also another one that you can try to change in your vocabulary. Instead of I have to, try to go for I get to. 
sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I try to go to the gym at six so that it can be done with and my evenings are clear and open to do what I want with my free time. So there are days where I get up and I'm like, I have to get up so that I go to the gym. And other days, I'm like, I get to get up and go to the gym and work on my physical health, get my day going, get energized, and then I have all the free time in the world in the evenings. Be creative and be open to new possibilities when you're practicing this gratitude practice. Step one, we are going to acknowledge and accept the negative. Step two, we are going to try to exchange the word but with and. And step three, we are going to try to find positive solutions and answers. Now, how does this tie into the Bible or more specifically into the life of Jesus? There are many books and stories and parables in the Bible that show gratitude. Jesus obviously has a ton just on his own. However, there was one in particular that I want to share with you today because I don't think it I don't think it's recognized as a gratitude story, but it is so powerful that I seriously researched everywhere I could. Once I pieced together that this was a gratitude story, I YouTubed, I Googled, I TikToked, I Instagrammed. I tried to find everything I could as a reference to how Jesus showed gratitude during this story. So believe it or not, Jesus gave thanks before going to the cross. I want to read with you Luke 22, verses 14 through 16. When it was time, he sat down, all of the apostles with him, and said, You've no idea how much I have looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last one I'll eat until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. I still believe that it can be hard to miss the thanks that was given during this introduction to the Last Supper. Jesus already knows that he is going to be dying tomorrow, that people are plotting his death, that he will experience the most intense suffering in, in his lifetime. And he tells his friends and family that he is so excited and happy to be there with them on that day. He even lists it right there. You have no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. How do you do that? How would you do that? I cannot say that if I knew what was going to happen the following morning, that I would be joyous and grateful to be having that meal with my closest friends and family. I feel like that is one of the biggest lessons of gratitude that we could possibly learn from Jesus. And I don't think it's one that's talked about often. So let's dig into it a little bit more. Like I mentioned earlier, gratitude is one of those things that's turning into an automatic eye roll when it's mentioned. Everyone wants to be mindful and be grateful for everything. And sometimes that's just not the attitude that we want to have. Life is full of pain and suffering. I mean, that's just part of the human experience. And even, even Jesus says he knows that he's going to suffer the next day. But being grateful can just change everything. Everything. We don't want to search for something to be grateful for. We don't want it to feel forced and 
like like a chore, that would take the joy out of being grateful anyways. If you really go, let's say you go into work and you're just not, you're not ready for the day. Plain and simple. There's no excuses. You just don't want to be there that day. If you are looking around and someone just says, oh, well, just be grateful, and you have to force yourself to find things to be grateful for, then that's not being grateful. You are able to look through a lens of gratitude when you can look around and just feel and acknowledge things are not going to go my way all the time. Things are not always going to be fun. They're not always going to be encouraging. But we are still alive, and we have this day. And this moment, even this moment that we're in right now, will never happen again, and it will never be the same. You may come watch next week's message at a different date. It will never be the same as this. Taking a glance at Josh over there, I, even if I do it right now, that, that moment has already passed. If you can really learn how to live in the present moment and be grateful for everything you're experiencing right now, it can be life-changing. So Jesus, he would be on the cross in just a few hours and enemies were plotting his death. He really gave thanks that night, even the first time that they had communion when he broke the bread for them at the Last Supper and he, they drank the wine to represent the blood that was shed. I know this isn't Easter, so we're not, I'm not trying to make it about the Easter moment, but that time that he just sat down and he said, you have no idea how much I've been looking forward to this before I go into my time of suffering. I cannot get that part out of my brain. And I feel like if all I said this morning was Jesus sat down before going to the cross and he said, you have no idea how much, I, how much I've been looking forward to doing this with you. I feel like that's just such a powerful message. I don't know. I hope that's not just me, but I feel like that is the best gratitude story in the entire Bible. And I did not hear about it until I was researching for today. I've read that passage over and over again, and I've heard about that passage during Easter, but we've never stopped to think about how he gave thanks before he was going to suffer. I just can't, I can't get over that. If our goal is to live a life led in love, just like Jesus did, then commitment to gratitude has to be a part of our daily activities. Again, I know and I recognize that it's not always fun and encouraging to be grateful for everything, but to live a life led in love, we have to practice gratitude. Jesus was eager, despite knowing that he was about to be betrayed, arrested, mocked, beaten, and crucified, and he gave thanks. He gave thanks with gratitude, grateful for the privilege to obey God and let God's will be done. I cannot even fathom that type of gratitude. Sometimes I struggle with being grateful that Tony has made dinner that night. I don't know if these are personal struggles of mine, and I it, I feel like I need this message more than any of you do because I'm like, wow, I don't feel like I'm that grateful. But the way Jesus was grateful is possible for us. We are able to be as grateful as Jesus was on that night. We just have to practice it and acknowledge it. Now, we are not, hopefully, being betrayed, arrested, mocked, beaten, and crucified. So we should be more than able to be able to give gratitude where it's due, which is everywhere and to everyone all the time. So my question today is, how might our lives be transformed and those around us impacted 
if we begin to live our lives with the level of gratitude that mirrored Jesus on that night. If you don't take anything away from today, please try this week to mirror Jesus on that level of gratitude. I would love to know in the comments how you are grateful and little things that you might be grateful for. Or if you have different gratitude practices, I would love to hear those as well. Now, I know that that was a pretty intense story of gratitude. Um, I know it can be kind of hard to hear the story of the crucifixion um, and the suffering that goes on for Jesus and for us as human beings. So before we pray and close, I would like to wrap it up with this funny YouTube short that I found. Please enjoy. Okay, gentlemen, all on one card or are we splitting it? Um, we'll just split it evenly. 13 ways? Yeah. We can't let Jesus pay. But he planned it. It's his last supper. Okay, 12 ways. We'll do 12. 12 ways. Are we splitting it evenly? Yeah. But I only got the Peters. Well, it all evens out. But you all had three courses. Can I just pay for my soup? Excuse me, we didn't have any wine. Well, I saw you drinking it. No, that was water. I only had a Sprite. Why should I pay for your extra avocado? Does anyone have an abacus? I literally had one spoon Thanks, Dad. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> that, I watched it probably five times when I found it, and I laughed every single time because that's just so creative. What a creative way to try to represent the Last Supper in a, in a modern time. So another way that I forgot to mention earlier, which we are about to do, another way to show gratitude is to pray. Now, I did not grow up in the church, so praying to me was a very foreign concept. I felt it was very weird when we would bow our heads and someone would talk and they sounded professional and like they really had a, a professional relationship with Jesus and God. And when I started praying, I was like, I don't sound like that. But that can be great. Every single morning when I'm brushing my teeth, it always happens to be when I'm brushing my teeth because that's the first thing that I do, I will randomly feel myself say, not even out loud, just in my head, I'll say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up today. Guess what? That can be how you show gratitude. It doesn't have to be this whole huge like shindig and show for showing gratitude. It can be as simple as a thought saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, of course, our f close family members and loved ones and the cashier, the person who's making your food, you would like to tell them thank you to them. But when you're showing gratitude to Jesus and to God, it can be done through prayer. And it does not have to be anything serious. He's happy to talk to you no matter what you're saying. So for me, that was really important and special for me to know because I'm not a professional person. Anyone who knows me on a personal level or who's ever in the same room with me, they know I probably don't have one professional bone in my body. And this, doing this is actually pretty difficult for me. But I'm grateful for it because I get to share with you thoughts that go on in my head. I get to spend time with you in an unconventional way. We get to laugh at funny TikToks that I found. And we get to talk about Jesus. How wonderful. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you so much for making us creatures of gratitude. Thank you for making each day a true gift and for allowing our friends and family to share in this gift with us. Thank you for happiness that is past, present, and future. And thank you for suffering that is past, present, and future. 
Thank you for being the best role model and showing us how to be grateful, even when we don't feel like it or when it may be extremely difficult. Thank you for allowing us to read a book, read a passage from a book from a completely different culture than the one that we live in today. Sadaji is an amazing concept, and I hope that we can continue to integrate it into our lives every single day. Thank you for the gratitude, the attitude, and <laughs> the concept of just being thankful and giving uh, thanks for every single thing that we experience in this human life. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We hope you come back for next week's commitment topic, and we'll see you soon. Bye.